Hey fellow Fizzy Friday lovers, it's Ilsa here bringing you the latest from this week with Dr Liz, as well as a small update from my world of fashion. Hope you enjoy! Hi Dr Liz and welcome to week four of our podcast. How are you this week? Yeah, I'm remaining pretty good. Uh, still enjoying lockdown life. Um, it's just like a little bit like being on holiday for us. A very simple holiday when all said, but yeah, pretty good. Um, and the weather's been lovely, which really helps. Yeah. And what about you, Elsa? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. Um, starting to get a little bit quieter at work this week, so that's been a bit of a relief. Um, Great. Yeah. So... I just have to start by saying um, I'm currently looking at you um, underneath what can only be described as a toweling tent um, and can you explain to the listeners why on earth you are currently in a tent? <laughs> well, um, I was listening to the radio and I've heard from various journalists that uh, they tend to broadcast from under a duvet <laughs> or under a sheeting or something. So I got my dressing gown, put it over the computer and over my head. <laughs> and I'm now. Okay. So I'm hoping that it might improve uh, the voice quality so we can get some feedback on that and see if it's <laughs> Okay. All right. Okay. Apart. Apart from um, creating a, a tent out of a dressing gown, is there anything else that we can be doing to protect ourselves from COVID? Well, yeah, we are learning a lot more about the virus. Um, there's been a huge analysis done of uh, the first 17,000 cases. And um, it is becoming a bit clearer about who does well and who doesn't do so well. So. You know, we know that men are affected more than women and that older people are more than young and that uh, black and minority minority ethnic, sadly, are disproportionately affected. And these are all things that we can't change. Um, but there is something that has emerged and it's that 73% of hospital admissions were overweight. Now, I know this is a slightly uncomfortable subject, but it is something that we can do something about, both in terms of avoiding the harmful effects of COVID and looking to the future, um, perhaps protecting ourselves in the future, a bit of an insurance policy. Um, so I was wondering, you know, why is that? And um, so I've managed to find out a little bit of science and uh, it seems that if there's excess fat in the body, then that's associated more generally just with inflammation and then that in turn is associated with an impaired immune response and then if you do get coronavirus then this after about a week to 10 days this immune response then becomes an overreactive immune response and that's what then ultimately affects the the, the lungs and the causes the respiratory problems mm. and it seems to be a direct um, effect of carrying more body fat than you ought to so given that that's the case, what can we do? 
and just thinking well you know lockdown is an ideal time to be able to do something and particularly in terms of diet um we've still got another three or four weeks probably of lockdown and it maybe is a time to think right okay let's what are, what are the simple measures that we can take so i think number one is just cut out any ultra processed foods or junk food number two would be just reduce the amount of starch you know like um sticky buns and breads and uh, sugary substances and again research has shown that even if you only do that for two or three days your blood start to improve um and as well as cutting out that side of things and reducing that side of things if you increase fruit veg nuts seeds um foods that contain omega-3 um so like oily fish all these things and there's lots written about this i don't need to go into it um but it is a uh, making that change in your diet and it has been shown that to for a change to become a habit and actually stick, you need to do it for about three weeks. And I was thinking, gosh, well, that's ideal. Yeah. You know, that's the, yeah, you have that three or four weeks of lockdown. Um, and there's a book that I've been using and I can highly recommend. And it's a, a doctor, Dr. Rupi, R-U-P-Y. And the book is called The Doctor's Kitchen, brackets, eat to beat illness. Um, I mean, he actually brought it out a year, year and a half ago, and it's a superb book and it incorporates everything I've just been talking about. He also has an Instagram, he has a web page, and it's just full of uh, healthy foods, great recipes. He's got really good cooking demonstrations and just lots of um, uh, uh, weekly um, interviews and, and, and chats, and he, he's quite an inspirational guy. And I would certainly recommend that. Mm. Um, just two other things. One is um, vitamin D, uh, particularly in northern climates. Um, we should take a supplement of vitamin D. And it's thought that the black and minority ethnic uh, people would generally, uh, that population does lack vitamin D and that might be partly um, related to their poorer response. So I think for all of us, I'm taking some vitamin D. And the other thing is just some physical activity. Uh, just increasing our physical activity is really good for our immune system. Um, but you do have to remember, you can't outrun a bad diet. So you've got to do the yeah. diet as well. <laughs> doing all of that. So if we want to be healthy, protect ourselves for the future, then I think this is a great chance to do that. Yeah. No, it's really inspiring, actually, but um, making me feel a little bit guilty about that family-sized Toblerone that we just bought. <laughs> <laughs> well, put it in the fridge and just have a square a day. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> a, a little, good idea. a little side of the mountain a day. Yeah. <laughs> um, and have you got any other fun facts from the week? <laughs> well, this is probably something you would never think you would have heard me saying but it's related to smoking. I was amazed when I heard this and again, I delved into it. The facts are smokers are four times less likely uh, to contract COVID-19. And I thought, what? <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Um, so it was first observed in Wuhan in China and there's been an in-depth study in France. And in fact, it has been borne out. So 
I would absolutely not encourage people to start smoking um, because if you do catch the virus and you're a smoker, then you will do less well. However, um, it does make you think, so why are less smokers getting the virus or if you smoke, why are you less likely to get it? Um, and it, it's thought that it's perhaps related to nicotine and that that may protect you from protect yourselves from attack by the virus and going back to the immune system reaction i was talking about it's thought that it might reduce the overreaction and um, that the body has to the immune system so interestingly in france um, they're doing a clinical trial of giving nicotine patches to healthcare workers to see if it can have any impact on reducing um, their likelihood to contract the infection mm. but anyway if you do happen to be a smoker, <laughs> well, maybe now's not a bad time to be one. <laughs> oh, gosh, okay. I'm not sure yeah. that's 100% the message you should be sending out, but... <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Well, if you are, probably not the best time to stop, put it that way. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, so that, that's been my kind of hits from the week. Mm. But um, I was also thinking... Uh, I know you've been working really hard and uh, I was just wondering what, what's happening in fashion because it's all pretty quiet in the papers about fashion and I, I, I was wondering what's going on. Well, I mean, I have to say to start with, um, before COVID-19 came along, the industry was going through a bit of a turbulent time um, and I, I think just consumer confidence um, had had like slowed down and people are, we saw trends that people are basically buying less um, mm -hmm. and the types of things that they're buying are more investment pieces. Um, so things that last longer, um, that transcend through seasons um, and that you can have multiple end uses um, with. Yeah, actually, that's a good point, Ilse. I've even found myself, I like to buy things that I can have multiple uses. You know, I can wear, I can dress up and wear out or yeah. I can, um, you just wear simply around the house or whatever. Mm. Yeah. But um, because it was a bit of a volatile environment beforehand, um, the effect of COVID has really been quite detrimental for a lot of brands. Mm -hmm. um, however, I think that in some ways it can have, or who knows what's going to happen um, in the next few months, but I do think that there can be some positive impacts in the industry just for companies to scale back and slow down and actually really respond to what we see the consumer habits being anyway. Um, but just to kind of give a little bit of detail into what's happening, I mean, most companies who have um, a store presence have had to close all of their stores. Like, for example, mm -hmm. as it caused, we've closed all of our stores and we've started to open up a little bit more again in China now um, where the restrictions have um, come down. Yeah. Um, but with store closures, um, I mean, a lot of people have been relying on internet sales, but yeah. internet selling does not cover the amount that um this uh, that a store like a number of stores can take. Yeah. Even though you know, in general, internet sales have been much stronger for most companies. Um, <clears throat> so, just as an example, um, 
I read about Gap this week. So they've had to furlough 80,000 retail staff. Um, and they've withheld $115 million in rent payments for April. Um, and then they released this week that they've had to lay off 10% of their 12,000 strong corporate or head office staff. So they've all been laid off. And they've cancelled all of their April production orders. So companies are having to ha- to make massive decisions. Yeah. Um, some of which, you know, after all of this is over, is going are, are going to make things potentially even more difficult so yeah it's interesting for such a big company that gap is they've had like had a very fast and strong reaction yeah interestingly though they've got a an activewear subsidiary um that's been doing fairly well this year um athleta and it's it's interesting that activewear has been seeing really strong reactions in some companies are are selling out completely of things i know you and i had to look at sweaty betty this week and there's so much that you can that's sold out online so whereas some companies are suffering from overstock you know some people are actually selling out of things really quickly as well um so what about you specifically with you elsa what's happening in, in in i mean i know you'll have um, corporate confidentiality but you know generally what's happening uh, with cause or with you and we the main thing that's impacting me is um how we deal with our stock levels right so because we know that our stores are going to be closed for foreseeable future we've just had to reforecast how much we buy um <clears throat> and this is you know we've had to reduce a lot of our our orders but you know you want to maintain the relationships with the suppliers so a lot of companies as well instead of um you know cancelling or getting out of orders it's about ensuring that you're still giving your suppliers um maintaining the the work um or maintaining their um you know their production um yes, capabilities so still some production and, and future proofing it yeah. yeah and so some of the th- things like a lot of companies are still producing orders um but maybe holding them um yeah. so yeah. that that works quite well for brands that um have products that have a little bit of a longer shelf life or have a little bit more kind of essential types of products so if you have like your you know i don't know your core kind of chinos or like a a basic knitwear you know those kind of things yeah. that you can produce and hold um for seasons that's um so a lot of companies are just are holding on to stock as well but still trying to give their suppliers enough to produce and yes. um, to keep in business really um but i one i just like to see uh how people are react or how companies are reacting and being a bit more inventive in their approach to things so, yeah like even around here i've seen some restaurants have turned into grocery shops and trying yes. to get rid of the, the stock that they the surplus of stock that they have and i think other companies are doing the same thing so turning their production units into factories producing scrubs like one of my um one of my friends works at simone rocha and the designers are designing part time, but then they're also they're also producing scrubs for um, for hospitals. Yeah. Um, 
I think being inventive with stock and how you deal yeah. with your stock levels, I think, is quite important. Yeah, and it, it, it keeps the interest up with the customer too. Yeah. So but where do you see it going then, Elsa, in the future? I mean, I know you don't <clears> just ball, but uh, what, what, what's, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it's really difficult to know exactly, but obviously being a buyer, I do have to kind of best predict about what's going to happen. And yeah what are people going to be what's their attitude going to be are they going to be dressing up will they want to when they get out do they want to like you know be getting dressed up instead of living in their leisure way anymore like what direction is it going to go but that I don't really know but I think we kind of need to represent a bit of everything but one of the I think it's more less about the products and more about how you represent yourself as a brand and I think the main things are just about being really agile and responsive. Um, so just setting up operations in a way that you can react to things um, faster. So like, okay, yeah. Um, and maybe just not thinking so much in seasons, um, trying, like I said before, products that, that last beyond one season. Mm-hmm. Um, and just engaging with customers in, in new ways um, that I think a lot of companies have already been forced into doing yeah. um, but I think that is actually creating quite a lot of new interest and excitement for customers so yeah, yeah. so watch this space yeah <laughs> <laughs> well um, uh, I don't know whether this will excite or depress you but uh, I just did a, a, a call with um, uh, uh, three other friends and um, it transpired during the call that uh, I didn't have leggings on, but three out of the four had leggings on. (laughs) (laughs) So their plea was for lots of exciting, interesting leggings. (laughs) Right, okay. I mean, I've got leggings on as well, just now. (laughs) I rest my case. Yeah. So... Fizzy Friday. Oh, we're a wee bit late this week, but um, what's what's on your menu this weekend? Yeah, well, um, sticking with the the, the healthy uh, theme, I've been trying to cut down on the the alcohol side of things because it's very easy, as you know, when you're at home every night at six o'clock to have a drink. Um, so been cutting down and uh, finding some really interesting non-alcoholic drinks. Um, so we're non-alcoholic at the minute and um, so tonight it's Seedlip Spiced Gin which I can highly recommend 0% alcohol that with some fever tree tonic slice of lemon and a little sprig of rosemary from the garden and it is absolutely delicious you do not miss the alcohol and it tastes divine oh lovely so cheers cheers to that (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Okay, yes. thanks mum and uh speak to you soon. Okay, fantastic. Bye. Bye darling. That's all for this week folks. Just one last thing to add and excuse the promo, but my very good friend Maya has been working really hard on a new active wear range for cause and it's out next week. So if you're looking for some new leggings, check it out. Okay, thanks for listening and see you next week.